0: So the Hornets lose another game this weekend. The good news is that our savior, LaMelo Ball, has returned. We'll discuss all of it today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, we live. We live. live. (laughs) Do you have LaMelo Ball, our savior, in the crawl, or do you just have are you sure you made that? You said thank you to Lamelo Ball. I know you had yeah, something just to a call for you. a while. Okay, in fact, I, I hope
1: he, I hope he doesn't walk on water because the Hornets have been traveling too much lately. Honestly, oh, no, so and walk. we're starting right, off so. with a
0: zinger, a strong one. <laughs> no, already. It's Locked On Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and even faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Lockedon NBA. I'm Walker Mail. You can find me on WFNZ. Drop a little bit of a press release in the second segment just to keep you updated on everything going on with me, but that's also Doug Branson. You can find his work on everyhornetsboxscore.com as well as helping us out here on Lockdown Hornets. Doug Branson, LOH is the Twitter handle. Let's talk about LaMelo Ball, Doug. He returned against the Miami Heat, the Charlotte Hornets. They would go on to lose this game. It was a brutal third quarter. The Heat outscored them in 20 points in their most recent outing, and Charlotte now falls to 3-11 and on the season. But maybe the fifth time Steve Clifford said LaMelo Ball was close, he was right. He was close. So after he, <laughs> yes, after he told us that, the media availability following the Trailblazers loss, he said LaMelo was close, but that he would not play the following game against the Miami Heat. But he would eventually play the next game against the Miami Heat, and they stayed in Miami a couple of days. Um, I think they had two games in three days down there in South Beach, and LaMelo's debut on the season he scores 15 points only six of 17 from the field struggled shooting from the outside only one of nine got to the free throw line shot a couple of shots there made both of them six rebounds six assists still contributing in a lot of different facets of the game did foul five times though so that rears its head again after that being a problem last year for lamello doug i'll ask you I know you're happy about Lamella returning because if there are struggles that will start off a little bit as he knocks off the rust, then we can get those out of the way as soon as possible. But overall, what did you make of his debut?
1: I thought it looked like, uh, you know, he hadn't played basketball in a little bit. It seems like he's getting back into his groove, and yet he was still doing things right that were. Amazing. That were uh, things that we haven't seen from the guard position very much, including, you know, just the ease at which he gets to the rim and the ease at which he's able to find shooters uh, open uh, through that offense. And he was active on the defensive end, maybe a little bit too active. You know, we'll, we'll talk about the fouls here in a second. Uh, but it looks like he's shaking the rust off. I mean I don't think he hit a, a three pointer until the very end of, of this game. I mean he was a 0 for eight to start and, and did hit one. So he's got to, you know he's got to get back into his groove. I think we have to be a little bit a little bit patient with that. It's tough to be patient with that though, right? because they have lost so many games in a row at this point that I think people are going to be anxious for LaMelo's return to equal win.
0: So you have a game against Orlando that is tonight. And they got beat by 30 points last time they played the Magic. It's one of the few teams that is down in the basement with Charlotte, but they're not as low as the Hornets. Again, the Hornets continue to hold sole place of um, sole last place in the Eastern Conference. And so you're right when you say that we can't afford to be too patient with Lamelo. It's not Lamelo's fault by any means. It's just the situation that is currently for the Hornets right now if they want to win. And I do think they went into this season, despite everything that happened this offseason, season wanting to win. But LaMelo goes down with that injury against the Wizards in the preseason. Was out longer than fans expected. I mean, you know, he was out pretty much the timetable you might expect for a grade 2 ankle sprain. The Hornets did a very poor job in messaging that to us. Um I because we didn't know the exact timetable, but eventually he came back and and he's with the Hornets as we speak. You still have some other injuries, right? We didn't even talk about the Cody Martin injury that will Hold him out for, I believe, six weeks as reported by Shams. You still have Gordon Hayward that is uh, not back as of yet. So, Lamelo has a lot of offensive responsibility. I agree. I do think it's going to take a little while to knock off the rust just like it is for Terry Rozier. Terry, you know, we've talked about the clutch shot going away from him. Overall, this shot is just not there as much, at least with his overall field goal percentage. What you're seeing, eight of 17 in this game against the Miami Heat, which isn't bad. Just, you know, not, this one was fine, you know, for the most part. But coming uh, out of that game, um, the first time against the Heat, where he missed some clutch shots. So hopefully LaMelo can get back to that as soon as possible. Are you worried about the fouls? You know, because we can talk about knocking off the rust. And I think that comes with the way of, Maybe turnovers, but he only turned it over a couple times. Shooting, the shooting wasn't there a whole lot. you know. Understanding and getting used to your teammates with team defense, stuff like that. What about the fouls, though? Do you think that will also go away as the rust comes off?
1: Well, that I'm less sure about, uh, and I hope it does, obviously. I mean, I think it's a growth point for him. He averaged a team-high 3.2 personal fouls per game last season. 3.2 was good uh, for second-highest in the league among starting guards. Only Dylan Brooks had more, averaged more at 3.3, so it's something that I think was uh, among the things that he had to do to sort of reach uh, all NBA level. I think part of that is cleaning up the fouls because it keeps him off the floor in key moments. He picked up that third foul uh, just a few minutes into the second quarter, and you saw that he didn't play as many minutes in the second quarter. Now he is Coming back, reported according to him, he's coming back a little bit early. Uh, the the DSJ injury finally uh, get it, getting him off the bench and into the game. So he's coming in a little bit early. So he probably wasn't going to play like huge minutes in this game anyway. Uh, but at the same time, you want to see him on the floor in those key moments, and you know that third foul, and then picking up the fourth and the fifth, uh, those are going to hamper. You know, Cl- it's going to tie Clifford's hands to a certain extent, and I-, I think Clifford will be a little bit more trusting of Lamelo at those fouls than James Borrego was in, in that final year. But at the same time, he's- he does have to reduce that uh, somewhat uh, so that he can be a bigger factor on the floor.
0: Yeah, and it was a problem we had last year. What, what is interesting is a lot of people had a problem with how many minutes Lamello logged under James Borrego last season. He averaged 32.3 minutes per game, only played 28 in this one. I, I'm curious if, I, I'm curious what factors were at play and what weren't, because it would be reasonable to expect that Lamelo might be just not thrown into the fire but rather you know gradually getting up to a 35 minute mark if you expect him to go up one two another factor would be foul trouble how much is that affecting Lamelo ball not playing on the court too so those are a couple of factors i wonder if steve clifford felt like he didn't want to just throw him out there to play 35 37 anything like that so you know well. we, we didn't and we're, we might not get that answer for a little while as he you know, comes back from this injury.
1: Uh, I guarantee you, Walker, if this game were close in the fourth quarter, LaMelo would have logged a few more minutes. I mean, this yeah. team and is that, and desperate, They're and desperate to get it.
0: Right, that's another factor.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the th- yeah, the the letting them go 10 for 10 to start the third quarter, that was a pretty huge factor, I think, in, in limiting what you were going to do with LaMelo because you got the luxury of sort of uh, giving him a, a little bit of extra time to to get back into the groove because yeah i mean they this was this was no contest so even though they they got it to 11 i think in the fourth quarter i think everyone watching you know, pretty much assumed after that third quarter blowout that uh, this thing was over. So you know, Miami's too good of a team to allow that to happen. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he, he got a little extra. But you know, again, I, I'm looking at this not from this particular game because again, I think he's getting back into it. He's active. That's the thing about the fouls. It's not him being. It's not not him like not understanding the game or being lazy on defense and just slapping down instead of moving his feet. It's all. The extra activity, and we've seen this time and time again last season, like he would get frustrated with a play or something and then go after somebody to try to make up for it, to get another steal. And and it's that like just sort of over-exuberance activity that he has to just sort of focus in and understand like, hey, I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm a massive part of whether the Hornets win this game or not, and I have to be on the floor, and I can't be on the floor if I'm constantly limited by the number of fouls I have.
0: So, LaMelo Ball returns. We'll continue to talk about that a little bit more. Plus, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We have the box score boogie coming up, man. I remember when this made its debut at my old job that I had, that was fantastic. And now we're bringing it back baby to lockdown Hornets. Can't wait to get to that in just a moment, but not before we talked about uh, or talk about LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster, and you can find them for free. Add your job and purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. It's easy to uh, do a free job post on LinkedIn. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the Qualified candidates you want to talk to and faster, post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NBA. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It's the box score boogie coming up next. Locked on Hornets. Is Locked On Hornets. But I have seen him go all the way up to number 10. That was is there a warning? Do we need to get out of here?
1: Okay, here's the thing. My I don't know if you heard, but my watch went off. And I was trying to silence it, and then I accidentally hit ping the phone, and then the phone pinged, and and now here we are.
0: <laughs> I'm doing my best, man. It seems like you're doing your very worst. <laughs> well, sometimes. It seems like you're. I'm actively fighting you today to move. To sometimes
1: my best is my worst. It's time for more
0: of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Thanks for making it your first listen. now make your second listen locked on sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only locked on can provide. We'll get to the box score boogie in just a moment, but I'm going to take the platform here, Doug. I'm going to do All the right. whole shameless plug thing because something new is happening for me and something new is happening for another Former frequent guest on Lockdown Hornets. I'm going to be seeing him pretty damn frequently. We have a new show on WFNZ. Me and Wes Bryant will be taking over the 12 to 3 time slot on 92.7 FM, the WFNZ app as well. And the show will be Wes and Walker. Just a nice little flow of our names. Alliteration, baby. We love it on this show. We love it in radio, too. So Wes and Walker takes over the WFNZ airwaves from, from 12 to 3. Every Monday through Friday, and the debut is happening today. So, is that is awesome. that your is Very that the exciting. official
1: name of the show? Is that the official name of the show, Wes what, and Walker?
0: What, Wes and Walker is the official name. Oh, I yes. Couldn't
1: couldn't get Walker and Wes. You, you tried. You you did your best. You, did. <laughs> Wes you know, said, it was no, either there.
0: I try I tried to make it a part of the contract and then they eventually <laughs> said look it's either Wes and Walker or you're out so they they well, basically used all the leverage against me with the whole having a job on WFNZ. Thing.
1: So does so, this mean I'm gonna be on the show more? Is that is that what this means about you, you know
0: I, I do have that in my contract as well. You're tired did you read it? This is interesting. Did you I did somebody send you a copy? Yeah, it it does. It means you're gonna be on there well I intercepted as much it. As I, I it was a man
1: in the middle attack. I, I got it in the contract. I intercepted it, I posed as a mailman and uh, I intercepted it and got got that into the contract because honestly your success has to be my success that's the whole deal
0: well what's hilarious i'm just writing
1: your i'm writing your coattails into sports radio kingdom
0: Can you imagine a world where I had Doug Branson look over my contract before I signed it? And I I would imagine, I I mean, I don't even know what you would do, what kind of stipulations with you being my lawyer, my litigator on this contract, trying to figure out what you wanted to get me. You would probably ask for a ton of money and then ask for a cut. Because of the way, like I, I don't know right. what you would do if you were my negotiator.
1: Yeah, no, it would all, it would all be asking things for me, A- and also <laughs> I would right. stipulate that you would have to do um, hilarious things that would embarrass you on the air, yeah. um, you know, and and make sure that it was on video somehow. Yeah, those, those are the kind of things
0: that I would okay. do all right so 12 to 3 Wes and Walker I'm excited man look it's awesome to be a part of WFNZ did not have a radio show for a while did have locked on Hornets and I appreciate everybody checking us out here it does mean a lot I get sensitive and sentimental with some of the new changes and stuff I'm known to do those types of shows so tune in again today maybe you'll find one on the debut but I really do appreciate everybody checking us out here because the support on lockdown Hornets it absolutely played a part in helping me get this people were checking it out they loved it. They loved the product. I guess by, you know, some way I got to give credit to you too, Doug. You're um,
1: welcome. I was waiting <laughs> on it, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was about uh, <laughs> 14 minutes into the show. Uh, you know, it could have been, yeah. probably needed to be at the 7-minute mark, but I'll take the 14-minute
0: mark. All right, it means a lot. Let's get to the box score, Boogie, and maybe you hear it on WFNZ. Doug, what is going to be the first stat that you want to mention that you found in the box score?
1: The first stat is something that we sort of hinted at in the uh, in the first segment. The first number is going to be 76.2. What is... Oh, by the way, we should explain to people who haven't been listening to the show, the box score boogie You can explain is, it to me.
0: I thought you were just going to be talking about it, but I'm, I'm excited. There, so there's a game to this?
1: Well, yeah. So essentially, okay. I, I comb the box score, and I find interesting numbers from the box score, and then I tell them to Walker, and Walker has to guess what uh, that box score number means.
0: Okay, uh, I'm going to guess that that is the percentage in which Miami shot in the third quarter.
1: Uh, that's correct. <laughs> you are well ahead. Uh, I thought you were going to go with something funny there, but no, you just went. You said, "No, I'm going to pick up the uh, I'm going to pick up the needle there and hit the bullseye." Seventy-six point two percent is the, the Miami Heat field goal percentage in the third quarter. Again, they started ten of ten from the field. Walker, I mean. What the hell happened in the third quarter? Things looked it looked somewhat positive heading into that second half. It looked like they had a shot, and uh, all of a sudden they went away.
0: Well, and, and I haven't done enough of going back into the other games, but it does feel like the Hornets are struggling once they come out of the locker room. And against Portland... They actually were awesome, and they they scored quite a bit. And then eventually, you know, eventually the Trailblazers were able to come back in that third quarter because it all stopped very quickly. It does feel like the third quarter isn't working for them nearly as much this year. I will say too, Doug, do you remember Steve Clifford? His first stint, they were like one of the best third quarter teams in the NBA. I mean, they'd go down at halftime and they'd come back, and it would be a contest. Their playoff year, maybe even the year after. Steve Clifford did an, an excellent job of making those adjustments coming out of the locker room. Now, I wonder how much of this is him being down so much manpower, the fact that you can only make so many adjustments. The other team has all their manpower. They're making adjustments, too, and so they come out and play a lot better. But I feel like the third quarter, it's just been something that the Hornets have struggled with for quite a while.
1: You can win a title winning the third quarter. I mean, that's that's the Golden State Warriors' specialty is just taking teams to taking teams to the woodshed in the third quarter. So yeah, I mean, coming out with coming out in the second half, it's all to me. A lot of it is mentality. It it is you know a maintaining. You know, I think it's easy when you have a, a ton of prep heading into a game to come out in that first quarter and and feel good about what your plan is. But it's when you know things have have shaken out, and and then making those adjustments, and then coming out with that similar mentality out of the locker room. I think it's a huge thing. And this one, you know, I'm going to put some of it on P.J. Washington, who has, you know, is somebody that they are depending on for a lot of their defensive mentality this season. Uh, there was one possession he didn't get back on D fast enough, and transition got beat. Uh, they got back cut by Jimmy Butler. Uh, you know, look, you have to give some credit to Miami too. They made some great passes. I think this is where they really missed. Dennis Smith Jr., right? So LaMelo comes back early because they, you know, it's like one in, one out right now with the guards. One guy comes back and another guy goes down. But I think this is really where they miss the ball pressure that Dennis Smith Jr. has given them. It's interesting, though, because Dennis Smith Jr. probably would not have started this second half because – or we don't know. I mean, we just don't know how it's going to shake out until DSJ's back. But you have to assume that they're going to go with LaMelo and Terry at the guard positions. But just you know, looking back on these previous games, Dennis Smith Jr., this is where he would lock down and provide that ball pressure and make sure that everybody was getting back on defense – uh, the I mean the pick and roll that that Max Struess and Bam Adebayo had in this in this third quarter was just amazing. Kelly Oubre I think did his best to keep up, uh, but I think there's you're missing I think you're missing a little bit of Gordon Hayward's defensive ability there as well. But they were running that Struess Bam side pick and roll to death, and and it kept working because Struess you know again to his credit Struess was they were making the right reads, and that's you know that's Miami that's that's how they play. I-
0: Well, I mean, you know, yeah, Miami shot very well. They shot 39 from three. They shot 53% from the field. You had some nice games from their stars, and then Max Struess was the non-star that just went nuclear on this team, scoring 31. So you had four guys that reached 20 points in this game for Miami. That's what happens when you score 132. Charlotte scored 115. That was nice. But, yeah, certainly not enough for what the Heat were doing. Um, I did want to talk real quickly before we move on to the next one. The third quarter thing. So, if you go back to their losing streak where it started against the Kings, 115-108, to they score 18 points in the third quarter. Sacramento scores 37 against Chicago, 23 to 18, Chicago wins that quarter. Against Memphis, 33 to 22, Memphis wins that one. The Nets, 26 to 17, Charlotte actually wins, so that was a little different, but then back to their losing ways against the Wizards, 30 to 24. You saw what happened here. So yeah, it's it's been a theme when they come out of the locker room, the Hornets, they lose the third. All right, what's the next stat we got?
1: Nine. Nine is your next number in the box score, Boogie. What was the significance of number nine?
0: Um, The amount of weddings that I had this weekend. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, that is okay. incorrect. Number Bye. nine okay. is the number of second chance points the Hornets had, well below their season average of 16.6, which ranked fourth in the league. Meanwhile, Miami had 17. This is a rare game. Even amongst all of this losing, the Hornets have been able to crash the offensive boards and win the second chance battle. and this one, they did not. Miami had 17 to the Hornets' nine, which was well above their average of 12, which has them ranked 23rd in the league.
0: Yeah, Nick Richards playing 21 minutes, Mason Plumley playing 27. You know, it it still seems to be holding true. And in this game, Nick Richards put together a pretty decent stat line with 15 points, only missing one field goal there. The offensive rebounds where Nick has been awesome. Yep, he had a couple more in this one. He had five total and he had a couple of offensive rebounds. Mason Plumley only had one and did play six more minutes. But if if that's something that you're looking to try to create, if you're looking, to try to create some more second chance opportunities nick richards has been an absolute beast on the offensive glass all season long so i wonder if that's something where hey our offense is struggling we just need to put nick richards in there to try to fight down low um and also it's not like he's hurting your offense more than mason does some sometimes so yeah i know mason's a good passer but anyways the, the big man thing that continues to be a conversation
1: all right, next number, six of seven. Six of seven. What is the significance of that number in the box score?
0: Um, Man, six of seven. I'm going to say the amount of threes Miami hit to start the third. I don't know. Can't think of that one very well. Well,
1: you you almost you almost had it in your last little spiel there. That's Nick Richards shooting from the field. He had 15 points oh, in this game. Oh, I just said it. I just said it. The damn You just stat had it. You line. had okay. it. It was right there, and you missed it. Um, I also have wow. this tweet here off of that uh, from Charlotte Hornets PR per Basketball Reference. Hornets center Nick Richards leads the NBA in offensive rating 135.7. Yeah, three points clear of second place Steph Curry 132.7. My question to you, Walker. Uh, is it weird for PR to be pushing these kinds of stats for a guy who isn't starting? I mean, we're celebrating Nick Richards, sure, but when these tweets come out and these celebrations of Nick Richards from the from from the team, often I look at the replies and everybody's like, "Well, why isn't why isn't he starting?"
0: Yeah, no, it, it's hilarious because what the Hornets are doing is they're celebrating nice things, which is right. totally what a team account is going to do. Hey, this is awesome. Nick Richards has some stats. It doesn't matter if they have to dig deep into basketball reference to find a stat that might not even matter all that much or. They really don't have to dig that deep at all. In the case of Nick Richards, who has a good offensive rating. So if they find that, they're going to put it out there. And that's great. We celebrate it. I do want to know what happens with the social media team where they're thinking about, hey, do we put this out? All right, yeah, but you know what the mentions are going to be. You know what the replies yeah, are going to be, right? What do we do? Do we celebrate nice things, or do we just avoid the disaster in our replies? Uh, press send, press send. <laughs> That's, well, it's it's happening. it's
1: cognitive dissonance, right? I mean, yes. you're seeing the celebration of Nick Richards. Meanwhile, you, you want to see that starting. You see LaMelo Ball in these new, awesome, uh, jerseys that, that that they're premiering, the City Edition, the Men's City. They look beautiful. Like you see LaMelo yeah. Ball and then you're going, wait a minute, I want to see LaMelo Ball play in these jerseys. Well, I want to see him out on the floor. And finally, they do get him out on the floor, but it's cognitive dissonance. People are going, wait, this seems pretty simple. Nick Richards is balling out right now. Why isn't he starting? I think the Hornets are going to be facing more of that pressure as the season continues. Alright, I have, I have two more. Uh, we'll do these really quick. The number four. The number four.
0: Um, the number four, um, this is going to be – I think we talked about this too. It's the the amount of uh, offensive rebounds at the Hornets have.
1: All right, I cheated a little bit on this one. No, number four is actually – it's not in this particular box score, but it is uh, the number <laughs> of players over the past five games that are shooting a worse free throw than Mason Plumley. How amazing is that? There are four players, four major rotation wow. players, that are shooting worse at free throw line than Mason Plumley. Those players are – DSJ, Jalen McDaniels, PJ Washington, and James Booknight. The Hornets not only giving up possessions, they are giving up precious points at the free throw line. And and at the same time, I got to give credit to Mason here. You know, it's not a great free throw percentage by any stretch of the imagination sixty five percent, but it is it is not apocalyptic.
0: No, it's not apocalyptic. Yeah, the, the PJ shooting numbers they they've gone down. Um, you know, it's still small sample size theater, so every game has a pretty big swing because he was I don't shooting know. really well. I think well. the
1: theater the theater's getting uh, the theater's getting a little bigger right now.
0: Well, for PJ, I mean, at first he was shooting 47, I mean, at first within like the first 10 games, I you know, maybe first 8, something like that that pj was was shooting well but now i mean the free throw percentage on the season is actually better than he's ever had in his career to be honest so uh, across the whole career shooting 70 or the season 77 but you're right the last 10 um you, know, you have to dwindle that down even further to what you mentioned but the three-point shot ha- has gone away a little bit in this last 10 10 game stretch so hopefully he can get back to that and dennis smith jr even PJ never been a great free throw shooter. You know, I wonder how much those guys can even be a benefit when they go to the charity stripe.
1: All right, last one bonus. It's the number four again. I promise this time I won't
0: cheat. Okay, can I can I just copy and paste my answer from last time? Oh, uh, sure, go ahead. Okay, offensive rebound number.
1: Ah, uh, sorry, I cheated again. Oh, actually, yeah. um, this is not on this box score. This is uh, four represents Charlotte. The number of games that Charlotte will have in the state of Florida when they play Orlando tonight. It's the Hornets' fourth and final game in the state of Florida. And I say this with every ounce of my being, goodbye and good riddance to the state of Florida.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See ya. Never want to be in that state again. All right, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.
1: Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just
0: yet. Yeah, the Hornets lose twice to Miami, of course. But also, they lose a player for now maybe even longer than expected. We'll discuss that injury in just a moment. But we have to discuss BetOnline because BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news and even analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer, even eSports. They've got it all on BetOnline. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest in the easiest way to getting your betting fix, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Talk more injuries coming up next. Lockdown Hornets. So the Hornets, they get LaMelo Ball back, and that that's the guy you wanted to see, especially after having that preseason injury. But they still have some other injuries they're dealing with. One, Gordon Hayward is going to not play in tonight's game against Orlando. So he's not playing tonight. Don't know if he's close or not. We do this with Hayward, right? We know that he is an injured guy, and here he is once again playing after maybe eight games or so. Then he left the second half of that contest against Chicago. Cody Martin also injured, and it's a little bit more serious now than originally thought or at least originally conveyed to the public. It was reported that he would undergo arthroscopic surgery on his knee. That will keep him out for 4 to 6 weeks. So what does this mean, Doug, big picture and even specifically Cody Martin to suffer this type of injury? Well,
1: it's a, it's difficult, right, because Cody Martin was really the only move that the Charlotte Hornets made in the offseason. And we we understood it, I think, from a perspective of, you know, being really in depth on this team that Cody Martin is super important. So re-signing him was Should have been a priority. Was the right move, but in in the context of like it being the only move, uh, it's it's even more frustrating now that he's out because it seemed like he had you know ramping up to basketball activity in the preseason. He had some some knee issues and then uh, really missed uh, most of the preseason. And then you know in that regular season game, goes down after a minute with quad soreness, and then they do an MRI as he's getting ready to come back. And they find um, that there is this knee issue that they then, uh, you know, go back to essentially, and uh, they have this arthroscopic procedure. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, four to six weeks without Cody Martin, it's going to be difficult for, I think, Co- uh, for S- Coach Clifford to really get his defense locked in without, uh, you know, a, a super wing defender like Cody Martin, uh, especially if they've got to miss Dennis Smith Jr. for a few more games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's certainly, you've got to dip a little bit into your bench again, your deep bench that has gone from, you know, Cinderella carriage to pumpkin all of a sudden, especially on the defensive end. On the Gordon beat, you know, so this will be if he's already out. So I think this is going to be game number seven for him on the left shoulder contusion. If you remember Walker, he actually played hurt. He played through yeah. the initial injury. I think he played one or two games before finally succumbing to it. And so then you have to look at that situation and go, OK, how how did the injuries that they had elsewhere affect their decision-making and Gordon's decision-making when it when it came to playing when he first got the injury. If this team were fully healthy and Gordon gets that initial injury, he probably sits immediately and they can get him back a little bit sooner, but he had to play through it. Because the Hornets did get off to a decent start, three and three. And so there was probably some pressure for him to like keep it rolling, keep it going. And then now you see uh, where that's led. He is going to be hopefully uh, under the 10 game mark on this left shoulder contusion. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's a difficult situation. These injuries essentially piling on and causing other injuries because other guys want to step in and play through.
0: Well, I mean, of course, it is a cruel, cruel world where we were all excited to see Dennis Smith Jr. and LaMelo play alongside each other. And LaMelo comes back and DSJ is unable to go. So because that's what it is to be a Charlotte Hornets fan. Now you don't have Cody Martin. He's out longer. The only move they made. You don't have Gordon. Here's the good news with Cody. I'm so happy that he had his breakout season last year or that he had the improvement type of year to get a contract last year, because if this happens just last season, then it's a huge hit on his ability to make some money coming into this year. I mean, I you're talking about like some real, does he make the team type stuff? Because we had that conversation going into last year before the three point shot went up, understanding of the offense went up. So I'm glad that he got paid before this injury came about, especially with new draft picks, right? Like I, that's that's what I'm happy about. Yeah. Cody Martin got the contract before the knee surgery came.
1: Well, and he's young. You know, I mean, the, the thing mm-hmm. is like this isn't, you know, hopefully they get him back 100% you know later on in uh, in this season and and it's and it's great. But, you know, it's got a long time on the contract, long time to go. It's it's nothing to be concerned about I think in the long long term. But yeah, it's frustrating to sign a guy and then that sure. guy. And I'm sure it's frustrating for him as well. I'm sure it's frustrating for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to, I don't want to end on that note, though. I want to end on a positive note. There were some positives in that game against Miami. It's tough to see when you're in the midst of the losing streak and you get blown out in the third quarter. Uh, But I want to go to the everyhornetsboxscore.com notebook here, which I didn't do. I had to take the night off, and I gave it to our good friend, Nada Edwards, to fill in the notebook for us. And I want to shout him out, first of all, for doing the notebook. It was great. Uh, Love to David Walker's done a notebook. It's been fun to uh, hand it off to a few people and see what they do with it. But I I wanted to point out something that he pointed out in the uh, first quarter Kelly Oubre might be the new landlord of FTX Arena. I don't know if people have been keeping up with this, but the Miami Arena named after FTX, a crypto company that has uh, suddenly gone bankrupt. And they said that FTX signed like a 19-year deal with the arena. And now Miami uh, has come out and said, all right, we're disassociating ourselves because there seems to be some fraud involved in this FTX bankruptcy. Mm. A lot of A lot of of good stuff there. But Kelly Oubre has been absolutely incredible in Miami. Uh, He is uh, knocking down shots. His offense has come back. That's going to be a positive for the Charlotte Hornets. Um, if, if they can surround that team with enough defense, you know, hopefully Kelly Oubre's got to keep that shooting going. Lomelo's got to get the shooting back. Terry Rozier has got to get back to being a certified gamer. He has been <laughs> not too good yeah. in the fourth quarter and overtime, but you know, Orlando presents an opportunity for the Charlotte Hornets to avenge, avenge a bad loss and maybe get this thing moving back in the right direction.
0: Yeah, yeah, more positives. Just you know, decent shooting night for book night. You know, one one of three from three wasn't great, of course, but four of six. You know, made some shots. Teo Maladone, you know, hit all of his shots and had six rebounds, so helping out there. And then of course Nick Richards. So a few guys on the bench putting together some nice stat lines. So just wanted to shout that out as well. All right, that'll do it for Lockdown Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen. Locked on Sports. Today, but also locked on NBA. You can make that your daily 30 minute update on everything happening within the association. Again, it's locked on NBA. And um, yeah, check that out where, wherever you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, by the way. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.